We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Work, family, friends, a million pressing social issues, and an expectation to be on 24-7. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit the reset button. That's when you reach for an ice-cold Coors Light, the beer that's made to chill. Listen, there's a lot going on in Green Bay right now, and I feel like we could all use a moment to chill with a Coors Light. See, Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Perfect for a moment to unwind. Coors Light is what I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in their all-new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day podcast. Pack a Day podcast, indeed, we are here. It is Thursday, February eighteenth. We're more than halfway through the month of February, which means March 1st is almost here, and I would like to extend this wish and this statement to Mother Nature. I am okay with snow and cold in December and January and February. I don't like it, but I understand it. Once March 1st hits, though, you're done. So you have 10 more days to pummel us, if you so wish, with snow and cold. But when that hits, when March 1st hits, the snow is done. And we start working our way toward the spring. So if you're listening, Mother Nature, and I'm sure you are, heed my advice or we will have problems. At any rate, I'm your host for this evening's show. I'm Jacob Westendorf, and I am joined by my entire crew for the first time in what feels like three months. And we are all back in the saddle and ready to talk some Green Bay Packers. Uh, Joined with me, as always, the remarkably average Jimmy James, Jimmy Christensen to my right here, which you guys can't see me, so that doesn't do a whole lot of good. But he's sitting here to my right. Jimmy, how are we doing? Pretty good, man. Just trying to survive the cold. And, you know, I'm hoping Mother Nature doesn't just jinx us even more or curse us even more now after you called her out. But, uh, you know, I'm surviving at this point. I've been through high school baseball seasons in April when we had snow. We literally played a game in the snow once. So, you know, April flurries are always a good thing. But the main attraction is back. 
reason you guys come in and listen to this show every single week. The remarkable Maggie Loney has returned uh, with a new co-host, I may add. Yeah, he is upstairs right now because he's in trouble. Not really. I just have literally been watching him 24-7, and I'm really tired, and I need a puppy break. So. <laughs> That is uh, Bojack, right? Bojack, yes. After Bojack Horseman, not Bo Jackson. Yes, I, I wondered if it was the cartoon. What is that? <laughs> is that the name of the cartoon, Bojack Horseman, or what's that character yeah. from? And that's mm-hmm. what I thought. Okay. All right, guys. So this week we've been talking. There's been it's kind of a theme of numbers. So Monday, Jake Morley talked about uh, two perfect Packers prospects and mentioned a quarterback and a punter. I think that's phenomenal. Uh, if you think I'm kidding, then go back and listen to Monday's show. Tuesday. We had three needs that needed to be addressed uh, before the free agency and draft period started. So today we're going to do four, and we have four burning questions leading through into this off season. And the first question we got to start with, guys, is the the elephant in the room, and that is J.J. Watt. And the longer his free agency goes, I feel like this could be the topic every single day, and everybody can't get enough of it. Texans Daily reported earlier this week that Watt and a homecoming in Green Bay was, quote, the most likely outcome. There's been other reported interest of the Buffalo Bills, the Cleveland Browns, uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers to some degree, and the Tennessee Titans as well. But let's start there, guys. Maggie, and we'll welcome you back and allow you to lead off here. How important is this free agent pursuit, or is it not important at all? Is it something you think they should pass on? I mean, any other season, and I I completely understand the hype behind this, but knowing that the cap is what it is and the way that the Packers are already kind of cash-strapped, I feel like I would prioritize different players that are already Packers free agents, like Corey Lindsley immediately comes to mind. He would be my first pick regardless of any free agent out there. I think right now I think I would want him back in Green Bay more so than any of them. But I did think it was interesting. Rob Domofsky um, of ESPN had tweeted out earlier in the week um, the rate of double teams, and J.J. Watt was number one in the NFL. Um, Zadarius Smith was second. So I thought that was really interesting, and it did kind of give me pause thinking about what it would be like to have J.J. and Zadarius Smith kind of rushing on opposite edges. And I don't know what that means for a guy like Preston Smith. Um, I don't know, you know, what that means for any of the players on the roster if that were to happen for and the Packers did get J.J. Watt. But it is kind of fun. I understand why Packers fans are having so much fun thinking about a front that has Kenny Clark, Rashawn Gary, the Smiths, and a guy like J.J. Watt. And Preston Smith had a couple of cryptic tweets, I guess, today. He sent the uh, emoji of just him in sunglasses, and then he said something along the lines of, God, don't play with me. So what that means remains to be seen. Hard to envision a scenario where Preston Smith is back in Green Bay, regardless of what the cap number ends up being, which as of today, the league year starts on March 17th, so we should find out the official salary cap number sometime before March 17th. So I don't have a hard date on that, so hashtag analysis on that. Jimmy, what are your thoughts? We talked about this a little bit a while ago when it wasn't quite a reality, but now it could be. Your thoughts on 99 in the green and gold? Obviously, I would love it. Like, it'd be great to have him on the team. He's only going to benefit us and make that defensive line scary, just thinking of Zadarius, Rashawn, J.J. Watt, and Kenny Clark all rushing at the quarterback at once is a Super Bowl defensive line. But it, it just doesn't make it doesn't seem like a possibility this offseason. We don't know what the cap is right now. Uh, we have to make a bunch of moves just to get below the salary cap, and that's even before bringing on a player like J.J. Watt. And you already mentioned some other teams that were interested 
interested in him. The Steelers have both his brothers there. The Bills were one game away from the Super Bowl as well, and they probably can pay him more money than the Packers. Um, unless he's willing to come to the Packers for my teacher salary, I just don't see how there's a, a chance to bring him on. A teacher in Milwaukee public schools, you make some pretty good coin, don't you? Uh, I'm kidding. Don't I haven't met that. one yet. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so – uh, Maggie and Jimmy are about as fun as a wet blanket, so I'm going to jump in here, and I'm going <laughs> to tell you guys. Maggie said it's not going to happen, so she's giving me the look of why would you say that about me, but Maggie says it's probably unlikely. Jimmy says it's probably unlikely, and I'll be the one to say, yeah, it's probably unlikely, but I tell you this. I wrote the story for Packer Report on Tuesday morning, and I said, I can't think of a free agent that Green Bay has had in recent memory that they have targeted that is a more perfect fit between what Green Bay needs what the draft results typically yield, and what the player type is. J.J. Watt is still very, very good. He's not Aaron Donald defensive player of the year type anymore, but still very good. He comes in tomorrow and is Green Bay's second best pass rusher on this list behind Zadarius Smith. There's no question about that right now, and that includes even if Preston Smith is still on the team. He's Green Bay's second best edge rusher, pass rusher immediately. Need-wise, defensive linemen take four ever to develop. I'm not saying don't draft one. I'm just saying if you do draft one, don't expect him to be a major contributor in his first season. J.J. Watt allows that rookie to come in and move along a little bit more slowly behind himself, Kenny Clark, and Kingsley Kiki. And then if they find a way to keep Dean Lowry or bring back a Damon Harrison or a one-dimensional run defense type, I think that is perfect. And then you add in exactly the fact the Packers need him. And if you talk about the lesson from this Super Bowl and this season that I think you can watch, and it's the lesson we talk about all the time, it's win the line of scrimmage. Tampa Bay's front on offense kept Tom Brady clean. On defense, they harassed Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes. How do you beat guys like that? Look at the Super Bowls Tom Brady has lost in. The Giants twice and the Eagles, they harassed Tom Brady. The Eagles not as much as the Giants, but the Giants definitely made him tap dance in the pocket. Having a front four of that group that Jimmy and Maggie both just mentioned, add in a rookie edge rusher that maybe makes a minimal impact in his early years, that's a nasty combination in something where I think, and this is just what I think, and I'm not a capologist and I'm not an accountant and I'm not going to tell you what what the cap number is because we, we just don't know at this point. We have a pretty good idea, but we don't know. What I'm going to say is somebody has asked, would you rather Green Bay take like a couple singles and doubles? And my answer to that is no. Uh, I would rather them try and hit the home run and find the Hall of Fame player. J.J. Watt would be a better acquisition, and I think you can project him being a better player than Julius Peppers was in Green Bay. And Julius Peppers was very good for those three years in Green Bay. But I think Watt is somebody, he brings a an attitude, a nastiness, an edge, and an ability to rush the passer that this Packers team frankly needs. Because you talked about their pass rushing unit. Z's going to be back. Sean Gary's going to be – well, Z better be back or Maggie may not be on the show anymore. I, I will say that much. <laughs> quit. Exactly. So there you go. They just, she just quit. So, Brian Gutekunst, please don't do that to us. Kenny Clark is very good. And Rashawn Gary looks to be an ascending player. Preston Smith probably not going to be back. They are a rolled ankle away from having two of those guys. And Kenny Clark's missed time every year since he's been in the NFL. Rashawn Gary, an ascending player, but he missed time last year. Zadarius Smith hasn't missed time. But he usually has a nagging injury or two throughout the course of the last couple of seasons. So I think it is a perfect marriage between fit 
and what Green Bay needs and what's on the market. And for what, you know, the thought is if you want to come in and win a Super Bowl, well, I've got the league MVP at quarterback, and I've got three guys that I just mentioned around that can help you a little bit. And, uh, oh, by the way, not to mention the sentimental stuff, but you'll be a hero the second you step on Lambeau Field. He will get the loudest ovation of any player, maybe not named Aaron Rodgers. And I say maybe on that. That's how close I think that would be. But that's my thought on J.J. Watt for now. As of 6.55 on February 17th, he hasn't signed anywhere. So, J.J., quick trip, Culver's. I'm calling all local Wisconsin businesses. Let's figure out a way to make this happen. So take less money and get some endorsement deals or something like that. I don't I don't know. I have a question. So I don't want to dive too far into it because who knows what J.J. Watt's going to do. But let's say somehow the Packers pull some voodoo magic and are able to bring him on the team. With his injury history, do you think he's going to be a player that they put on like a snap limitation and just use him? Obviously, we use him more than just situationally, but kind of limit how well, how much we use him since he is older and whatnot. Maybe. I think that's going to depend on quality. I mean, you've seen – it's it's kind of hard to say because Joe Barry's different than Mike Pettin, obviously. But Pettin had Zadarius and Preston Smith out there for the entirety of the game, essentially. So snap limits aren't things they typically do. Maybe they try and spell him a little bit, but ultimately if they do bring him in, they're counting on him to be an impact player. He'll be on the field for 70 80% of snaps. Maggie, do you have any thoughts on that before we move on? No. I mean, I I agree with you. All right, so let's move to the other defensive need that everybody's talking about, and that's the other boundary cornerback aside from Jair Alexander and the cornerback room really as a whole. Maggie wrote a story earlier this week for Cheesehead TV talking about how the Packers have a really good base to their secondary, and that's true. Alexander, Adrian Amos, and Darnell Savage is a really good start, but there's a gaping hole on the other side of the field. And Kevin King, probably not going to be back. Josh Jackson and Kadar Holman were both healthy scratches down the stretch. They have a lot of decisions to make as what they're going to do in that cornerback room. And that doesn't even take into account that maybe they want to upgrade their slot cornerback position as well. So, Maggie, I'll start with you because you wrote the story. What are your thoughts on the way Green Bay is going to attack that need this offseason? Yeah, I mean, I think it's a really good draft class to need a corner, and I've kind of gone into the offseason assuming that the Packers will take at least two. Um, in that article I wrote for GSAT TV, I joked that this was absolutely nothing like the 2016 or 2015 drafts or some of the later drafts where the Packers have kind of been rebuilding their secondary since 2014. It's not the the Marius Randall, Quentin Rollins picks, or, you know, Kevin King and Josh Jones as the defensive back, or, you know, even Josh Jackson in there after doubling up with Jair Alexander. I mean, I think starting out, this is a Packers team that obviously has a, a much fewer holes, like we said, in that secondary with both of their starting safeties locked in and Jair kind of as that lockdown all-pro boundary corner. And I think that that's kind of what makes it difficult for whoever they bring in and maybe why you don't necessarily want to put a rookie out on the boundary in that position because you look at guys like Jeff Fakuda who were... We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Really highly touted, the best in the class, and they had some rookie struggles because that's kind of what happens. And when you have a player like J.R. Alexander who owns his own private island and is completely shutting down half of the field, whoever is playing opposite on the, the other boundary is bound to get targets, and I think that's what we saw with Kevin King. So I kind of am weirdly leaning towards signing somebody like Tremont Williams, and maybe that will get laughed at. I don't know, a vet that has a, a minimum contract because I don't think the Packers can go out and get a guy like Richard Sherman or Patrick Peterson. I know that those are really popular names. And then drafting a guy like, I don't know, Asante Samuel to play. Maybe, you know, he starts out as your nickel, your slot guy, and then in year two can progress to the boundary when you lose your vet and you see what you have as depth in the cornerback room. But I definitely think that the replacements have to be cheap, and I think that they will be plentiful. I think the Packers leave the draft at the least two, potentially three corners. Credit Karma has always been there to help you make better financial decisions. And now they want to help you even more. With a Credit Karma Money Spend account, you can be rewarded for good money habits. Credit Karma Money is a brand new checking account where you can win cash reimbursements for making purchases. Just pay with your debit card, and if you win, you'll be notified on the spot, and your Instant Karma cash will be added back to your spend account. Open your FDIC insured spend account for free. There's no minimum balance requirements, no overdraft fees and free withdrawals from a network of over 50,000 ATMs. And when you make a purchase between June 8th and June 30th, you'll automatically be entered to win $1 million. Right now, visit creditkarma.com backslash winmoney to open your free account and start winning Instant Karma. Go to creditkarma.com backslash winmoney to sign up for free and start winning. That's creditkarma.com slash winmoney. Instant Karma is sponsored by Credit Karma. No purchase necessary. Exclusions and terms apply. See rules. Banking services provided by MVB Bank Incorporated. Member FDIC. Maximum balance and transfer limits apply. Yeah, and they've, as pointed out by our guy, Dara Carriger, and I may have, I just, I got his first name down, and apparently I don't have his last name down anymore, but uh, he pointed out the Packers have triple dipped on a position every year since Brian Gutekunst took over in the draft on day three. Now, I'm not saying they're going to take three corners and wait all the way till day three, but I like the idea of a veteran stopgap type Jermon Williams is a better player at this stage of his career than Devon House was when they brought him back the year that they drafted Jair Alexander. Let me say this real quick. Stop pining for Richard Sherman to be a Green Bay Packer. Please and thank you. Jimmy, I can go further, but I will not. So please jump. I'm sure you want him, so jump on in. No, I was going to be a jerk, and that was the first thing I was going to say just because I know your feelings on him. But, nah, don't feel like messing with you too much today. Um no, the exact thing Maggie said, I think we're going to at least get two corners in the draft. Um, and I think, especially with this position, there's some other needs and everything with the everything with the cap this year that I think cornerback are going to wait. So there's, there's going to be some cap casualties later on. And I could see it being something that a player that we sign kind of towards training camp um, or even during training camp when it gets re- released from another team. I just think this is going to be one that we kind of wait on and get a veteran who is um, kind of later in their career who might just want to come to a contender. Uh, and we have a little bit of cap open up towards the 
closer to the season, but I don't think this is going to be a free agent signing we do on the first couple of days of free agency. Um, I think there's some other moves that they're going to be making, but I think we're going to take two in the draft, two or three in the draft, like Maggie said, and get that stopgap player. Hopefully Richard Sherman just to mess with you. I don't even want him on the team. I don't like him, but your reaction would be enough for me to to be okay with the Packers signing him. If you're talking about players I've loved to hate, Richard Sherman is like in the Jared Allen class of elite level love to hate type of players. So something that I brought up today that I thought or saw today that I thought was interesting. What do you guys think of the idea of in free agency addressing maybe the slot corner position? A name that came to mind immediately was Desmond King as a pending free agent, the former Hawkeye, Tennessee Titan and Los Angeles Charger, and then taking multiple swings on the boundary corner type position, because you guys have mentioned Richard Sherman, Patrick Peterson, even Xavier Rhodes. Guys like that are going to be probably out of Green Bay's price range, especially if they're pursuing a player like J.J. Watt. They're probably, if they're going to move money around to sign a big player, they're only going to be able to do that with one guy. So if they do that with Watt, you can take their name off of anything that involves Corey Davis, Xavier Rhodes, Patrick Peterson, et cetera, et cetera, unless they're just going to come dirt cheap. But Maggie, what do you think about the prospect of maybe adding to that slot position? Because those tend to be a little bit cheaper and then finding your boundary corner. I know the Packers don't typically like to start rookies, but that could be the route they go. Yeah, Desmond King is the name, I think, that comes to mind when you think about a starter that can play your slot. You know, nickel is basically base in today's NFL defenses. So, And, you know, maybe Joe Barry is going to just completely surprise all of us and never play nickel or dime and just be like the anti-Mike Patton. But I, I think that that is an option for the Packers. But I just – I'm having a really hard time seeing this team – not re-signing their own guys and maybe that's part of the problem is that they've always been so team-centered and that's never gotten them over the hump and maybe this is the year that Brian Gutekunst goes like completely anti-Ted Thompson and just blows up the roster and brings in J.J. Watt and Richard Sherman and Desmond King and just tanks the Packers cap for years and years to come in order for you know one more ring chase but yeah I mean I think that I think that that is a, a possibility but I also think kind of on the flip side of that we could see the first round pick of the Packers, if it is a corner, whoever is a high draft pick starting in that nickel role and the Packers relying on somebody with a little more experience on the boundary, whether that's Josh Jackson impressing in camp, Goddard Holman, Chandon Sullivan likely would come back as a kind of restricted free agent and, you know, whoever they take. I think, I think there's, there's bodies that can play on the boundary and maybe Kevin King comes back on a prove it year because, you know, maybe. <laughs> that right. I mean, at the, at the, you can do worse. I know a lot of people, I know Kevin King is public enemy number one. <coughs> Excuse me. I'm getting choked up just thinking about it. He was public enemy number one as soon as his name was not TJ Watt. I fully understand that. But you can do worse than Kevin King on the boundary. And trust me, if you don't believe me, go back and watch the 2016 NFC Championship game against the Falcons. Just all I'm going to say on that regard. Let's talk about the weapons around Aaron Rodgers because that's going to be a storyline. Obviously, people are still putting receiver as the team's number one need, even though they had the best offense in all of football this season. Jimmy, looking at the Packers receiver room right now, how would you assess that as a group in terms of needing somebody that can step in and contribute in 2021? I don't – I still find it weird that people are putting that as our top – our top need. Um, 
with Devontae Adams, I know everyone is saying, like, well, the second and third person behind him um, can be improved, and that's 100% true. But we just saw what that group can do being the number one offense and in the cap situation that we have, why it's already a, a huge strength of ours is our offense. So it's not a huge necessity to bring in another piece to be to put around Rodgers right now. Um, MVS finally had back-to-back coaches for his first time in the NFL this past season. And we saw how much he jumped up. Uh, obviously, he had his ups and downs. We also had Lazar miss games because of a core injury. So we had a, they did really well, and they weren't even together for the full season um, with Devontae missing games too. So Funches is coming back. I kind of see him as – I don't know if he'd come back. and Right now, he'd be behind Devontae, Lazard, and MVS unless he has an impressive camp. But – Maybe we take one later on in the draft to just kind of see what they can do. Maybe they can spark the offense a little bit. Um, but I just don't see it as a huge need right now with, with other areas. And then, Maggie, he mentioned Devin Funches. That's kind of the flavor of the week kind of name as somebody who wasn't on the team last year that could come back and potentially help this group. I personally don't think he's going to be on the team. Uh, he hasn't played football in two full years by the time he steps on the field for training camp, played one game with the Indianapolis Colts, missed the rest of the year with a collarbone injury, and then last year obviously opted out due to COVID-19 concerns. That's a long time to not play professional football. And if you're talking about a guy who's on the back half of the roster, I guess the question that I have is how good does he have to be to have that juice be worth the squeeze, so to speak, when you consider those three guys Jimmy just mentioned, EQ St. Brown still on the team, Malik Taylor on the team last year, and they're probably drafting at least one guy, if not more, because after this season, there are zero wide receivers under contract for 2022. So they need something to restock that room, so to speak, to prepare for the potential departure of guys like Lazard, MVS, EQ. I don't think this will happen, but maybe Devontae Adams. But what's your thought on Funchess and reacclimating himself or actually acclimating himself to this team. Yeah, I mean, if you follow him on social media, you know that he's, you know, been still continuing to stay in shape and working on his hands and everything all um, during this season, even though he wasn't with the team. Um, so I, I think he has, like, an outside shot. It's hard to, to say for sure, but he does seem like a very likely cap casualty. But it is unfortunate. You know, like, these are guys that you brought in and then they opted out the same way that the Vikings, you know, had Michael Pierce sit for them and they didn't get to see what he did um, in his first season, Geronimo Allison, even with the Lions. There's plenty of players that now will be trying to get back into the league after, you know, some time away. And I don't really know what he brings to the room. He doesn't really fit to me as far as like a role player. And I think that's kind of where I see the Packers going in the draft. You know, Jimmy mentioned that you still have a lot of your, your offense is intact. I don't know if they can match kind of their production from 2020, especially if Aaron Jones departs. But you still have A.J. Dillon. Hopefully Jamal Williams is back in some capacity, so they have two backs. Um, and then I think of guys like Tyler Irvin or, you know, I think if they draft a wide receiver, it's not necessarily going to be like a big bodied pass catcher that the Packers fans uh, traditionally go for. It'll be like another gadget player, the role player in Matt LaFleur's offense we've seen, um, or we haven't really gotten to see Josiah DeGuara implemented yet. Um, so I think there's going to be a lot of pieces maybe, and I don't necessarily see where Devin Funches can kind of carve out a role for himself when there's already a lot of established pieces. Yeah, I'm with you. And honestly, it's it's not like when they brought him in, we were expecting him to be the team. Like, this was a question of, was he even going to make the team last year? 
because there was a legitimate scenario where all those guys that ended up on the roster last year impressed enough in camp. And the other thing is your wide receiver four and wide receiver five, those guys got to play specials. And Devin Funches does not have the skill set to play a lot of special teams. So that's something that'll be interesting to watch, I guess, as pointed out by Ken Ingles, the Packers capologist, if you will. It's not going to cost a ton to keep him and see what you have kind of thing. I just personally think he's not good enough to, I don't want to use the word waste, but use reps on when you have younger guys like the guys I've mentioned. And when they draft three receivers in the first three rounds, then obviously you're going to have to use some reps to get those guys acclimated and into the offense with Aaron Rodgers. Jimmy, let's go to in-house free agents because the Packers still do have those. And the offseason is kind of the sexy time to talk about who wasn't on the team last year and who could make this team better. And the guys who are already on the team kind of get forgotten about. You know, Ted Thompson used to always say, well, we did sign, you know, big free agents. We signed, in this case, David Bakhtiari and Kenny Clark. But there are still guys out there, Corey Lindsley, Aaron Jones, Jamal Williams, Kevin King, if you want to go that route. What are your thoughts on if the Packers can keep some guys in-house and do you think they'll keep any of those guys? Uh, I'm in complete agreement with what Maggie mentioned earlier that Corey Lindsay would be like the first go-to. Uh, the offensive line was so dominant last year, even playing musical chairs for half the season and having that general at, at the center position and all pro this year would be incredible to keep. Um, Aaron Jones, uh, I've already come to grips with him walking months ago. I just, he's going to demand so much money. Um, uh, Jamal Williams, obviously super selfish. I love the man, so I I hope he comes back. But, again, we've seen with the running back market, unless he's coming back on a reasonable deal. But I think the big thing is just getting Corey Lindsley back. Besides that, the most likely thing I could see is maybe another prove-it year with – or a prove-it year with Kevin King, like one of you mentioned earlier. But all his uh, – Instagram, Instagram's Instagram, so you can't take it all too serious. But for years, all he put as his hashtag was hashtag 100 million. And so I just have a feeling he wants this second contract to be a big contract, even if he hasn't played up to uh, $100 million. I think he kind of – his expectations are a little out of the Packer, Packers' the pocketbook. God bless whatever team gives him $100 million if that doesn't <laughs> happen. But I can't picture that. I'm with you. I, you know, I think Aaron Jones is as good as gone uh, based on you know, things I know, things I've seen, all that stuff. You know, He's looking to break the bank, and good for him. He should be. Yeah. It's just he I'll is. have a – I will have a stroke if the Packers give him the Alvin Kamara deal. I You you simply can't justify it. Uh, looking at just the way running back contracts tend to age, and there's always that graph that comes out every year of the salary of the leading rusher of teams winning the Super Bowl, and it's never very high, which doesn't necessarily devalue him as a player because obviously Aaron Jones, the player, is very good, but you're taking some long-term gambles here. Uh, things of that nature. I I struggle to see that. I think Lindsley's gone too. I don't love that. I think in a normal year, you probably try and find a way to bring him back. Uh, I think the most likely free agent that's currently on the Packers, well, I guess roster, is Jamal Williams to re-sign just because I think he's going to be caught in that. He's not an elite player, so he's not going to get paid like David Bakhtiari or Aaron Jones or someone like that, but he's not a vet minimum type player. So that middle class of free agents the guys that you normally sign, you know, the Christian Kirksey's and Rick Wagner's of the world, where you're like, oh, that was a pretty decent deal for a guy who's a pretty good player. And sometimes they work out, sometimes they don't. But I think Williams is caught in that 
kind of middle class type of role to where signing a one or two year deal, coming back to Green Bay with an opportunity to be a starter or a very key contributor along with AJ Dillon is interesting. Maggie, I want to stick with the Jamal Williams idea here real quick, just because Eli Berkovitz reported that James White, former Wisconsin Badger, is interested in coming to Green Bay. And my first thought on that is, is he even better than Jamal Williams? And then my second question is, let's say Jamal Williams is going to make $5 million a season. How much cheaper does James White have to be for that to be like, okay, that was a better use of your resources than just re-signing the guy you already know? Yeah, to me it's tough. And, you know, the thing about Jamal Williams, too, and I'm sure James White would be willing if he does want to play for Green Bay, is Jamal Williams plays a lot of special teams. And that's kind of been a role that he's carved out for himself as well on this team. And it's like you said, you you have a guy that already knows the offense really well. He's the best pass blocker that, you know, the the Packers have to kind of protect Aaron Rodgers. And that was something that A.J. Dillon was still working on. So I, I definitely see Jamal Williams coming back. I understand kind of the intrigue of the running back market because this is a really interesting year to need running backs and kind of their value is not maybe what we thought it would be going into the season. So there will be some big names that maybe get less money than they deserve. And then there will be a lot of those middle tier guys that play for less than what we're expecting as well, because they want to go to a competitive team. And that's kind of what James White feels like to me, but a name that I'm keeping in mind and, you know, I still am team bring back Corey Lindsley uh, is Lane Taylor. And it's just because, you know, if you look at guys like Billy Turner or Rick Wagner, who could be cap casualties, if you can bring back Corey Lindsley, who obviously had his first all-pro season, and you have David Bakhtiari, Elton Jenkins, Corey Lindsley, Lane Taylor on a vet minimum deal that helps both sides where he gets to go earn mega millions somewhere else and the Packers get somebody who won the right guard job before he got hurt week one, then you get to kind of pick and choose between keeping maybe Rick Wagner, keeping Billy Turner, freeing up some money by releasing the other player, and then developing, you know, potentially a right tackle of the future that you draft in the first couple rounds. So that's my my under-the-radar thing is that Lane Taylor maybe comes back to the Packers. And I'm all for it. I am fascinated to see how the Packers navigate that offensive line room because of the injury the injury to David Bakhtiari makes some of those cap casualty questions, like Rick Wagner, if David Bakhtiari's healthy, is a no-brainer. Uh, just from a salary cap standpoint, you have to cut him. But since Bakhtiari's maybe not going to be ready to start the season, that's where things like that get interesting. And I'm, I'm fascinated to see how everything works, because usually I'm a big proponent of if a player is asked to take a pay cut, his answer should be no every single time. But this year... You know, it's kind of like the devil you know is better than the devil you don't know kind of thing. And is playing on the team you're on for less money, somebody that I think could be a candidate for that is someone like Dean Lowry, is taking less money to stay in Green Bay a better option than being a free agent, making maybe the same amount of money but probably less, and going somewhere that you've never been before. You know, Dean Lowry has lived in the Midwest his entire life. He's from here in Rockford. He went to Northwestern University, and then he was drafted by the Packers. So does he really want to risk not playing in Green Bay and then go all the way to Los Angeles just to use a random out-of-their-state kind of thing? I don't know. I think that is going to be maybe one of the most fascinating parts of this offseason. But that's the end of our topics for tonight. Thank you for sitting through our four downs. We're out of time. Uh, be sure to check out the podcast on Twitter. It's at Packaday Podcast, and we've been here all off season long. So, and we're going to continue to be here all off season long as we transition into March and a little bit more heavy 
into draft season, and I am looking forward to that. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter. I am at Jacob Westendorf there. I am contributing this year to the Cheesehead TV draft guide. I will be doing tight ends again. So spoiler alert, Kyle Pitts is number one. And go ahead and buy your copy to find out who the other 24 guys I've ranked are. And then you can follow Maggie, who I believe is also contributing, but I don't want to steal her thunder. I am contributing. I'm doing the position review slash analysis uh, for the Chiefs and TV gra- draft guide. I also write um, right now in the off season. It's one, potentially two articles a week. Content is slow and I have a new puppy and I am barely finding time to do anything in my life anymore. Um, then you can catch me, of course, with Perry Goldstein doing packs, which she said uh, those typically drop on Fridays in the off season. We have a calendar full of special guests. Um, that, of course, I'm not going to give away. So you just have to kind of listen into the off season and see who we bring on the show. There you have that. That's exciting. Be sure to check in and listen to that. And then, Jimmy James, where can we find you? And whose ass are you beating in three weeks? Uh, um, you can find me at Jimmy underscore C08. Uh, as Maggie already said, too, my life is uh, pretty hectic right now. I don't have a new puppy, but I have a very annoying puppy uh, and training for a fight that I have next month in Iowa. So I was at the gym today, and I've been doing a new workout with my coach's girlfriend, and I liked her before the workout, and I absolutely despise her now after because I am getting to my car was very hard. <clears throat> my legs are killing me. Um, but find me, follow me on Twitter, Jimmy underscore C08. I'm going to be putting all of my stuff out there for Game On and Back Report and all that jazz. And I have um, – I'll be out in Arizona in April, be meeting with Coach Luke Neal and Jamal. Uh, so I'll have some uh, highlights of their their training and things like that coming out, uh, as well as some other things in the works with them. And I had uh, have some other video things coming out this offseason, so keep an eye out. Yeah, and the Whiskaholics are starting up here. Yeah, I keep forgetting about that. I'm supposed to record that right after this. Starting a new podcast coming out tomorrow, Whiskaholics. So enjoy that. There's all kinds of content. If you want Packers content, there will be no no shortage. We will be back with you next week. And then after that, I think it's to be determined if we are still together during the draft season or if we're moving around a little bit. But we'll be back next week. Hopefully by then the Packers have signed J.J. Watts and traded for Julio Jones and gotten every human like Michael Silver once suggested on the NFL Network. But until then, we will see you guys next week. uh, And go Pack Go! Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. 
That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.